The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Multicast Network, brought to you by the Market Dominator. My name is Joe Miller. I'm the host of the Hump Day Hotline here, joined by my very good friend, Sterling Furrow. Sterling's for the girls. What's up, Sterling? What's up, man? I'm happy to be here. It's always good to be here. It's always good to have you. Jay Spence, the king, is on assignment, I guess we'll say. He was unable to make it. And uh, as always, the first call is to this guy. This guy right here. So I'm ready to kick it with my homie. Uh, Absolutely. Shall we do this? We shall. We shall. So for everybody that is watching me on us, not me, that was an overreaction uh, rollover. Everybody's watching us on YouTube. So we are Super Chat Live. If you're watching on Facebook, we're going to do the best our, the best we can to connect with y'all and to, uh, to, to see your comments and to get to your questions. If you want to get our attention, the best thing you can do is Super Chat us. It'll show up in like bright colors. I'll throw it up on the screen. We'll respond. It will be great. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some time at the end, especially to really kind of go through as we're talking about just game predictions for the Texans game and Josh Allen stat line predictions and yada, yada, yada. But as we like to say here on the Hump, hump Day Hotline, it's Hump Day, and you need to hump that like. So give it to me. Hump that like. That's you, Sterles. Oh, is that my is that is that my cue? You, that's your cue. Jump on it. Hump hump that like. Hump, hump that, that like hard. Hump it hard. <laughs> Get it in there. Get it in there. So uh, whatever platform you're you are listening or watching on right now, jump on that like button. And then obviously, if you're listening to this in podcast form on Wednesday, Victory Thursday, not Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Victory Thursday. Like and subscribe to the Buffalo uh, Rumblings uh, podcast network as well. So where do we want to start? How does it's, it's always hard, and people don't see the other side of this, Sterling. And what I'm talking about is the time, that the 15, 20 minutes that you and I, bros, spend in the green room doing our best backstage before the show starts, doing our best to not talk about the game. Because what happens is, is you lose the energy. Once you let that cat out of the bag, you can't bring the energy back to it, right? Yeah, it's it's hard to... It's hard not to say anything because you're already excited about it, whether it's a win or a loss. You want to get it off your chest. Right. And you just it's like you got to save it. You got to save all the goods, man. Exactly. So we did not we did a very good job of keeping it to ourselves. So how did how does this how is this game settling with you? This drubbing, if you will, of the Washington football team. So what is uh, where are you at? Where has it landed? Where has it settled with you? What is your greatest couple takeaways? So. Originally, I, I picked the Bills to win the game 38 to 13. That I, I felt like the Bills were going to come in mm-hmm. and exploit the Washington football team. So I guess I was I was pleased with the overall result, but even surprised that they they scored more points and they could have scored even more points had they, you know, kept the foot on the gas. Um, you know, it was just a great game from all three phases um and and the coaching i think the coaching really shined through here uh brian dable especially you know we we saw him early in the season kind of 
just it just didn't seem like things were clicking mm. but uh he he made some it felt like he made some adjustments and, and made some some calls that that josh was more familiar with and they attacked the middle of the field and you know and you combine that with you know what the running game has been able to do this year i mean and we haven't even talked about the defense right, right. i mean it's just uh you love to see it and josh allen i mean if if you're not i, I think a lot of people we were all kind of like man like we need Josh to like get back to being Josh. And he definitely did that on yeah. Sunday. So that, that made me happy. It made me happy. I, I think I'm in the same place when it comes to expectations versus results, uh, which is what you were speaking to. Uh, my expectation was, I thought the game was going to be a little bit harder, more difficult. They'd put up a little more fight. Um, that was early in the season. That was obviously before maybe the season began when I saw Washington on the schedule the expectation of Fitzy coming in and Fitzy is a wild card. You never know what you're going to get necessarily. And what's funny is Fitzy gets hurt. We get Taylor Heineke and it's like, and, and then he's kind of a wild card. And you're like, I've watched this kid play. I'm maybe a fan. I, I like what he brings to the table, like his skill set and what a, the, the gamer that I've seen in him. And then you're, you're thinking to yourself, this could maybe be a problem. Uh, and then obviously we get into the football game and the bills just, it, I, I told Fina, on Monday, literally, as soon as Josh Allen hit that uh, third and 15 long ball to Gabe Davis, I knew. I was like, oh, Josh, he's he's on point. That, that, that throw, to me, epitomized the whole entire game for Josh Allen. The way that he, he climbed out of the pocket, you know, stepped to his right a little bit, and then just fired a laser at Gabe Davis, whatever it was, 23 yards downfield. I was like, oh, he's back. He's back. Like <laughs> That was the moment I was like, he was back. And then I couldn't contain myself. In my show, uh, the overreaction show, the post game show, I was just there was just a an excitement there that I could not let go of, with the anticipation and expectation that I now have, which might be false, that we're going to get twenty twenty Josh Allen and either twenty nineteen Bills defense or maybe better. I'd say it's better. Oh, it's better. Right, it's better. It's better. I mean, you you got Taron Johnson playing in a contract year, playing the best football he's ever played in his entire life. Matt Milano coming off of a big contract, and he's playing the best ball that he's ever played. Couple that with however many steps you feel like Tremaine Edmonds has taken, mm. and then and then you have a few horses on the line. <laughs> and it's like one of the things, you know, I'm going to talk about Greg Rousseau for a second here, but one of the things that Greg Rousseau does so well is his ability to, to be a force in the run game. You know, he, he, he take, he's just a smart player at, at a rookie. You know, he takes the proper angles, whether it's, you know, rushing the passer or is it, or it's containing the run. I mean, those are the kind of play, those are winning plays that you necessarily don't see on a, on a stat sheet. I mean, they are they are doing they're they're playing ball, man. They they look really good. So, I would say from from top to bottom, this is probably the best defense Sean McDermott has ever coached. Mm. Three games in, you're ready to say that? Absolutely. That's, I mean, solid. And, and it's been three games consistent. We've seen the same thing consistent. Now we didn't see the pass rush do what it do what it does, but I mean, you're not going to see that every single week. Right. I don't I don't think that the pass rush was intended to get home. I think literally they were looking to hold Heineke in and make him beat them. I think there was a let's get around him and let's kind of contain him and let's keep him in. But I don't think that they were necessarily trying to bring him down and flush him out and allowed him allow him to go off script because that's kind of what we've seen from him a little bit, is he have some he has some off script ability, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a good athlete, man. Uh, he's probably in terms of quarterbacks, he's probably I'd say he's probably a top ten athlete in, in terms of quarterbacks in the league. Uh, right. This is a guy that ran a four six forty. I mean, that's right. fast for a quarterback. Right. Uh, he's got some wheels, and uh, you know, it's one of those things that you can't uh, you can't overlook. You know, I think it's one of those things where um, I think they knew they were going to handle Washington the way they way they did, and yeah. I, I think it's it's those. You know, when you look at this coaching staff and how meticulous they are mm. and, and purposeful they are about mm. everything that they do, you know, it's like I feel like they're they're putting in building blocks 
to beat Kansas City in a couple of weeks and then go to Kent and then go to Tennessee because those are two mobile quarterbacks that like to make things happen outside, right? Mm-hmm. And so so Heineke, I think, was a, a very good test good. To, to, to see where they are, right? Yeah, good. Uh if we don't remember, Tannehill killed us with we lost contain. You had Trent Murphy out there. Mm. I mean, he was running, he he was having all kinds of success running out of the pocket. So Mahomes and Tannehill won't be able to do that as much this year. It's going right. to be a problem. So length uh, and speed, length and speed on that defensive line is why. Absolutely, and the Bills have that now. So kudos to Brandon Bean for seeing what we did not see. Right? I mean, yeah, we all wanted sure. other things for the draft, and and uh, <laughs> he he's all. It's like he's always a step ahead, right? Uh, yep, yep. But it, it's it's exciting, man. So I would say this defense is better. I mean, McDermott has never had the safety play that he's had. Uh, in his career, you know, we got two, you know, killer safeties, man. This whole defense is just stacked. I got to throw this Matthew Montgomery, Trent Murphy. I do not miss you <laughs> at all, <laughs> at all, at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, everybody, welcome uh, for piling into the chat. I'm going to, before we move on to the content, or I should say the, uh, the segments for tonight's show, uh, I do want to one more time just go from the top. You are watching Tuned Into the Hump Day Hotline. Welcome everybody in uh, on the Buffalo Rumblings Multicast Network. Brought to you by the Market Dominator. Who is the Market Dominator? Well, if you are watching this live right now, you can see on the bottom left-hand side of the screen a gentleman with his arms open, and that is the Market Dominator. That is John Spazcheck. John Spazcheck is a real estate agent uh, with Keller Williams Realty, and he is consistently ranked in the top five every single month in, right here in Western New York. And John is what he likes to call himself a life transition specialist. Sterles, have you ever moved? Too many times, actually. That frustration and concern when it comes to moving is right. I mean, especially when you've got a family and you've been, you've got a son, so you understand that whole kids getting into school, kids getting out of school, oh, like yeah, that, and yeah. the nervousness and blah 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 blah. Right, all that stuff. Well, John considers himself a life transition specialist, and for those of us that have owned homes and bought homes and sold homes, it's multiplied, especially in this stupid state where it takes two months to close on a house. And there's so many things that are kind of out there in the wind. All that to say this, John is the team that you're, John is the guy that you want on your team. John's team is the best. Uh, and you can reach John at 716-570-3298. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, I've used John. All of my friends have used John. My family has used John 716-570-3298. You can also find him on Twitter. He is Bill's mafia. You can find him at your elite broker there. I've done, I've done the, the work for the evening. Sounds good, man. And prayers up to uh <laughs> prayers up for John, man. Yeah. So for he those of you that well. yeah, for those of you that don't know, John is uh vaccinated and he has a very, very, very bad case of COVID right now. Um, I put that out there on Sunday in the overreaction post-game show, and then I messaged him on Monday and I was like, Bro, I kind of put your business out there. I'm sorry, asking for prayers for you. I if you want me to take it down and edit it, I can. And he's like, No, dude. I need all the prayers I can get. So if you're of the praying type, if you're of the thoughts type, whatever it is that you are, if you can send those positive vibes, those prayers, John's way, he would greatly appreciate it. And so would his family. So John, we love you. Get better soon. So John's team is still working. So if you call John, you'll still get helped. But right now, John is, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, struggling a little bit. So, but we're counting on you, John. You'll, be, you'll, you'll get through this thing. So, So this is where we're going to start for the night. Is the ground game good enough? And what I mean by that is we're going to have a conversation and you guys can all jump in the comment section and add into this. And if you've got a question, again, Super Chats, we'll try to get to it or comment. Is the ground game good enough? Are we, have we, how do I want to say this? So we hear the media talk about foolishly that Bill's ground game has gotten a lot better. And save this last game, it was basically three runs. There was three good runs in two football games that had the national media looking at stats and going, oh, their ground game's better. Meanwhile, all of us that watch the Bills are like, no, not really. This game, they found some success. Zach Moss, in my opinion, finally had people making business decisions, which is what we've been looking for since he became a Buffalo Bill last year. All that to say this. In your opinion, I'll let you go first. Is this ground game good enough? Is it becoming more efficient the way that Coach said that we, and I think Brandon Bean said it too, we need to be more efficient. We don't need to run more. We need to be more effective, more efficient running. What are your thoughts on that? Well, last year, this team was not a very good run team. At all. Beyond, at all. Uh, so are they better? Yeah, they are better. Uh, I think they rank near the top 10 in the league. You know, that's combined with Josh Allen's running the ball and 
and what these backs are able to do. But I do think there are improvements from the offensive line. I'm not going to sit here and say there isn't because there is, you know, they, they are getting better. I, I still think we have uh, two below average starters at guard. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that is the reason why we don't see even more impact from the run game. But mm-hmm. I think they are they are doing the things necessary to to be a complete team. Right. 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 And, and I think that's the most important thing. Right. Um, yeah. You know, you're seeing improvement week to week. Right. That that to me is is what I'm going to hang my hat on, that you're seeing improvements. I like this comment from Chris Jenke, the real Chris Jenke. He says, situationally, they are running better. Here's my question, though, or my concern. I'll start with my concern. My concern, and you can combat it, devil's advocate, or you can agree. Situationally, so game one against the Steelers, again, there was a couple runs, wasn't great. The Dolphins game, it was 35 to nothing. And they weren't running necessarily great. However, that we we ran the Dolphins out of their own stadium. This last football game, it got to the point in the third and fourth quarter where the Washington football team players, even Chase Young, were disinterested in tackling people. There was the one play, the last touchdown that Josh Allen ran in. Chase Young beat Darrell Williams to the inside. Got a, or, uh, it might have been Deion Dawkins. Where was he coming from? He was coming no, he's from, coming from Darrell Williams. Right, yeah, Darrell Williams. He gets inside, comes around. Josh Allen flushes the pocket, and Chase Young basically breaks off his pursuit. He starts jogging, to which Josh Allen doesn't know that, but Josh Allen like then starts toying with the defenders in the end zone and like kind of slows up and then jaunts across the, the, the goal line. Chase could have got him had he maintained his pursuit. All that to say this, as, as much as it seems like situationally the Bills are running better, I have concerns about the fact that it's more about the fact that they drubbed two, two teams and those teams were becoming disinterested in tackling thoughts nah man look i mean when you're getting destroyed (laughs) where's the motivation that's what i'm talking about but but hold on though (laughs) but the run game has gotten better it's gotten better it seems like it on it's gotten better stats which i'm the guy that says stats only matter until they don't stat uh, statistically they have gotten better. The question is, is do those stats matter? No, I don't think those stats matter. I think what you see on the field matters. I mean, Agreed. I do not. I, honestly, I still don't like the zone blocking scheme. I don't like it. I feel like these guys should be able to just line up and, and, and get be physical yeah. at the point of attack. I, yep. So I, I definitely don't like the, the zone blocking scheme that they're doing. Uh, but Dable's married to it. You know, I think it should be more of a power run scheme. Uh, to your point, uh, and for those of you that are watching that enjoy John Fina, on Monday he is going to break down a specific play that you have probably seen that a lot of people are calling a pin and pull because they see a guard pulling that is not a pin and pull. It's just basically the tight end comes in motion, the guard pulls, and it puts three blockers out in front in that zone scheme on the right or left side. It's still a zone. It is not a pin and pull. Though, but yeah, just kind of throwing that out there for you. I agree with you. I'm not necessarily sure. It's how do I want to say it? I don't even know how I want to say it. Like, I think there's potential there. I think Moss is running with a different edge. I think he's seeing things better. I think his vision is better this year. I think Singletary is kind of returning back to that 2019 form. Okay, go ahead. You're shaking your head. No, look. No, no, look. Sing, look, you're going to put some respect on Singletary's name. I like Devin Singletary. Just because it's one game where he didn't, it didn't, you know, he just, the opportunities he had just, it didn't, it just didn't work. I mean, yeah, Zach Moss had the hot hand on Sunday. And that's, that's, that's yeah. the formula they're going to use. Yes. I agree. Uh, moving forward. I mean, the same thing they did with Carolina with James, uh, you know, Jonathan Stewart and those guys. Like they're going to use the hot hand. So next week, hell, Devin Singletary could have 100 yards rushing. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Moss is better than Singletary or Singletary is better than Moss. I mean, honestly, I think it's the run blocking scheme. They need to fix it. Yeah, and I don't think we have great much. running backs to begin with. I still think, you know, you could you put Najee Harris in this backfield or Travis Etienne if he was healthy, and it's it's a different ball game. Yeah, you, because these you, are guys that that can that can get it done. Yeah, you and I are on the same page, and we have been since last year. That I feel yeah. like we've got we've got two we got a two A and a two B running back, and the and there's something wrong with the blocking scheme. So you and I have 
<laughs> yeah, we all say page. Uh, I, I'm very proud of the fact that I turned the right direction. Yeah, like, I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Those of you at home watching don't realize, like, it's like when you point somewhere, it's like, I, no, wait, he's over there, like, which is funny. So I actually, te- like, I, I kind of did this to make sure I was like, okay, I want to go that. Yeah, that's the direction I want to get. <laughs> but anyways, I agree. I agree with you. I, I still need to see more. I still need to see consistency. I think there's opportunity and potential you know we talk about and the comment section's filling up with comments about the offensive line i think we are still to your point um we're deficient at guard i don't know why because i think feliciano last year when feliciano was hurt the offensive line struggled without his presence and now they seem like they're struggling with his presence a little bit 30 pounds you lose i don't know what that means i've heard different offensive players and different nfl players talk about optimum weights and optimal weights and weighing a certain thing i've heard steve tasker talk about it. i've heard eric wood talk, talk about it i've heard john fina talk about it that there's a weight that you want to play at and too much is not good even two pounds heavy is bad two pounds light is bad losing 30 pounds is weird i'm going someplace with all this regardless those five guys we have we thought were the best guys that we've got however they've never played together until week one against the steelers they're three games in are we seeing some cohesiveness from them at all outside of cody ford getting his behind he handed to him at times because of technique number four parry on right um was that the guy that he was playing against where are you at in the cohesiveness are they coming together it seems like they're gelling yeah 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 i i think there's improvement you know i look at that and i look at you know mike you know mike shanahan kyle shanahan uh What's up, Kimmick? Kristen's that's the homegirl right there. Up in the house. And tell Don Keith if she wants to send me that Eichel jersey, she could I'll give her my address. She can go on and send it to me. Um, because <laughs> me, me and her got some beef going on. But uh, <laughs> but why is it that Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan, it doesn't matter who they put at running back, why are they so di- why are they so dynamic running the ball? Talk I mean, it's it. it's like they have a it's like when it in terms of running the ball, it's like they have a they have a plan, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, and they stick to it. Whereas Dable, I, I, Dable to me is is the mad scientist. He's the thinking man's coordinator, and he likes and it's like one of those things. You know how they say like some of our greatest attributes can be our biggest downfalls. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Dable is that kind of offensive coordinator. I think like his greatest attributes is how he can come up with stuff, but. I think sometimes it, it, it gets. I need. I need him to settle in on on this part mm. of the offense, right? Mm. And uh, they definitely need some some better personnel. You know, I, I would even say, you know, Mitch. This is probably Mitch Morse's last year as a Buffalo Bill. You think I so? Mean, it could be. It could be. It depends on who they draft. I mean, but you you best be sure that that Brandon Bean in the first three rounds they are taking someone on the interior, the yeah. offensive line. They have to. <laughs> My guy, my guy Jay Terry, uh, he uh, says, "Can't wait to see your Bears in the playoffs." I think he means Bills, <laughs> but uh, yeah, because uh, if, if he means Bears, that means that the Bears are playing the Bills in the Super Bowl, and I don't think that's happening. Hey, but, uh, hey, put his picture back up, man. That boy got some swag. Oh, yeah, I, he, I wish I could look like that. That dude, he he's Rico Suave down there, man. Well, he's a, he's a former MMA fighter, like professional MMA fighter. Uh, former military guy and is now a barber. So if you are in the Columbus, Ohio area and you need to get cut, go see my guy Jay Terry. So, no, don't go to Columbus. <laughs> don't Columbus, Ohio is great. I lived there for 13 years. It's a oh, you're not oh Michigan guy. The uh, the, don't the, the go maze to the maze go, it, That was the funny part too. Is I'm sitting on the couch with Fina, who's a big college football fan. As his son Bruno is now playing at UCLA. Terry McLaurin, former Buckeye. Chase Young former Buckeye like so, then they're showing Joey Bosa former Buckeye like so, all these guys are like former Buckeyes showing up I know you butt hurt yeah. over the over the whole thing but uh yeah uh Jay Terry is a Browns fan so there's a very good chance that uh we could see uh the Browns in the playoffs we won't uh digress that far he actually had some really good comments as far as what I titled the show time to start asking you know three games in some real questions and it's funny because he knows about our bills pretty well and I'm just going to kind of go there. So his question, so I'm deviating right now. So what I said was we're three games in, in the pro, in the promo uh, content copy, three games in the season, it's time to start asking some real questions about the Buffalo Bills team and what we've seen so far. 
you and I are going to talk about some of these, but his comments, just so everybody knows, are his, you know, the Bills defensive line, the consistency of Josh Allen under pressure and in man, which to me, I'm not as worried about that after seeing him against Washington. And then he said, obviously, who the hell is the real running back, which you and I are talking about in depth right now. And the last thing he said, which was super strong, why you consistently call a cloud coverage in your base twos and threes while it gets smoked regularly. I'm going to give that one to you because that to me was like profound because he Brown's fan <laughs> is clearly seeing some stuff on this bill's defense that a lot of bills fans aren't seeing. Wait, what is he saying? So I'm going to give it to you again. So he said, why are the bills consistently consistently call a cloud coverage in your base twos and threes while it's getting smoked regularly? What, where are we getting smoked regularly? He's meaning between the twenties. The hard part about what his comment is and my, my retort, my rebuttal to that would be about, they are playing the ultimate bend, but don't break defense right yeah, now. Yeah, this is, this is scientific. Like when the first dude that drew up bend, but don't break, this is what they had in mind. This is, yeah, uh, yeah. this is, this is exactly what uh, a cover two defense is. I mean, they, well, first of all, you gotta get you gotta look at the personnel. The Bills don't have the athleticism in the back end to 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 man up and, and play man coverage. Mm-hmm. You got two safeties that aren't great athletes from an NFL standpoint, right? This is this is the Tony Dungy Tampa two defense. Yep, I mean, yep. it, we've we've seen this kind of thing for for a long time. So long time. it's not that we're getting smoked. It's like, no, we'll give you that. But if I bet if you go look at the stats, the Bills are one of the tops in the league. Or if you even go back and look at Sean McDermott's tenures as a defensive coordinator and head coach, that his teams are typically really good when it comes to red zone defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, this defense is designed to do that. So it's not, you know, the Bills are, are perennially one of the teams that that give up the least amount of big plays. Yep. You know, so they're going to give you a lot and of points. the underneath stuff. And, and points. points. Yep. But the thing about what's different, and if he's a Browns fan, so if he's a Browns fan, he needs to be worried about his own secondary because those guys are getting smoked and those guys are getting cooked, by the way, and they ain't played nobody. So let, but we don't need to talk about that, okay? I got some Browns friend fans, and y'all defense is trash in the back end. I don't care what y'all say, but uh, anyway. But the thing about it is, though, the one of the, the contributing factors that you got to look at is that the linebackers that the Bills have, they're playing much better in coverage. That that to me, that's what you want to see, man. I mean, the communication between Tremaine Edmonds and and Matt Milano has been incredible. I think one of the interceptions that Heineke threw to the left side to uh, Jordan Porter was caused by Tremaine Edmonds Mm. because of his ability to take away Taylor Heineke's uh, his first read on the right hand side. So and when he did that, Heineke panicked and looked left and threw the ball. Right. It's an interception. So, I mean, say what you want, but this defense is Ben don't break. They're going to give you everything from the 20 to the 20, but you know, but when it gets down to the red zone, I mean, good luck. Yeah. And, and, and what we have seen from this defense and we're off topic, which is fine. You know, they're not going to pitch shutouts playing Ben, but the, the idea Ben, Ben, but don't break is not to pitch a shutout. It's to it's to hold them to three points, which is funny. Conversely, when you think about, and we'll transition nicely to Josh Allen, which is funny. Conversely, when you think about Josh Allen's comments post game, after going 35 to nothing, after putting up a five touchdown football game, uh, where they won 43 to 21, he says, and oh, by the way, every, we got to stop kicking field goals. (laughs) It's like, bro, <laughs> I like it. Like, yeah, let's stop kicking field goals. To that point, though, as it pertains to Josh Allen, and I'll go first. We saw clearly a different Josh Allen week three than we did week one and two. Um, I posed the question to Fina, whether it was last week or the week before. The fact that, you know, and he, he talked about it, trying to stay ahead of defenses to not allow them to catch up to you. So not trying to stay into a scheme or what you're trying to do too many years, year to year to year. So I, I always go back to 2019, that Cole Beasley play that we saw where he would go up and come in. He ran that post. He did it in the Dallas game. He ran it like five to seven, eight times, and four of them were touchdowns where he would go up, hit that skinny post, and then he was in the end zone all alone by himself. We have not seen that play since 2019. They didn't run it, I don't think, once or complete it once in 2020. And there's an aspect of like they're morphing even into in, into this season 2021. And you said it earlier, is Josh Allen comfortable? I'm not so sure that he was comfortable with what they were trying to accomplish, right? Week one, possibly week two. 
there's a there's a discrepancy there for me in his 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 words uh before the season started if i don't like the play we aren't running it and i was like yes that's amazing and then after week two i think it was the after the dolphins game he said that you know we don't have a, nobody has say in the game plan he said well i have some say but i don't have a lot of say and it was kind of a, disc a discrepancy and i gotta wonder to your point are they moving back to okay josh what makes you comfortable like what are you gonna like and is there a dialogue or a negotiation going there? We don't want to be 2020 because defenses are preparing for that. But can we find a happy medium where you can excel and we can still throw some new stuff in there? And we're seeing some new stuff. There were some new things for some of the stuff that he threw to Emmanuel Sanders was not, I have not seen from this Bills offense before as far as with Josh Allen. So when we ask the question, what's the difference weeks one to two to week three with Josh Allen? Is this sustainable? I think it is. I just think it's a growth thing. And I think there's going to be hiccups along the way. Curious to your thoughts. Yeah, it definitely is a growth, uh, a growth, growth thing. Right. But you also have to take your context even a little further and consider who you're working with. Josh Allen is a guy that he has, you have to put him in rhythm. So in early in games, you have to give him ways he can win short easy completions to get his confidence going because josh allen he's a confident guy he yes. just that's just him that's yes. what he is when he's hot he's the best quarterback in the league unstoppable best quarterback in the league and that's not being a homer at all but he is the problem is i think he's not to the place where it doesn't matter what you give him yet he's right. still he still has to grow in there so you know, I think, like I said, Dable's a thinking man's coordinator. So he's always he always wants to be, you know, he's one of those smart guys that just kind of could do too much sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like he, he's got to simplify things just a little bit, even though Josh Allen is advanced when it comes to what's between the ears. Yes. Right. Yes. But I think sometimes it could be too much. And, I, you know, they, they mentioned some stuff, you know, say like when they were going into the uh, the Dolphins game saying they're changing stuff on Saturday night. And I'm thinking that's not the time that you want to be changing your, your offensive philosophy or your mm -hmm. game plan on a Saturday night because you don't have time to run 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 through that stuff. So, you know, I, I just think it's getting back to some of the core fundamentals of the offense. Like and, and, and being better at, and this is where the coaching aspect comes in on Dable's side, is taking a taking advantage of the defense's matchups, the disadvantages. Right. And, and right. so like last week. The, the the Washington football team, their linebackers, they they're they're poor in coverage. So what do they do? They 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 drew up plays where they can exploit the linebackers, throws over the middle, things like that. Those are the things that that I mean, it's not hard. People like you and me, we sit on the couch and we go like, well, damn, like why why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? But you know, you got to also take into account to where the coaching staff is looking at because they're not just looking at this game. They're looking at Kansas City. They're looking at the mm -hmm. AFC championship game. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to give teams so much stuff to plan for that they're not going to know what Josh Allen to expect. Right. So you're going to like you mentioned, you're going to see more of of little wrinkles and nuance to the offense now that you got Emmanuel Sanders and so forth. Mm -hmm. But there, but there also has to be a balance where you can be able to run the ball and, and run situations, right? Not just have Josh Allen run, but Moss and Singletary get tough yards. Right. You're going to have to be able to throw it to the flats and trust your guys to win 1v1 to get some rack, right? And they're clearly getting better at screens. We saw that, obviously, a little no screens in the Steeler game, some screens in the Dolphin game, and a lot of successful screens in the Washington game. And you need to see more. I, yeah. I, I want to, like, in this Texans game, I know we're going to talk about that moving forward, but we need to see more of the screen game because those are easy completions. That draws the defensive, like, the the linebackers forward. Yeah, and you have speed on the on the outside. So, you know, once you do that, then you could you take your chances and you go deep and, and so forth. I mean, the screen game is huge, but <clears throat> that comes down to the offensive line. Can they get to the second level? Yeah. Right. Right. Can 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 they can they get outside and be agile and get to the edge and block, you know, properly on, in the screen game? So there's work to be done. But I like where the direction is heading based off of week three. I the like it. The question was, is it sustainable? And what I Absolutely. like about the conversation that we're having on the hump day hotline with Sterling Furrow um, is we saw the concern coming out of week two was, is there a blueprint starting? 
And I'll be honest with you. I think there is a potential blueprint to beat Josh Allen if you can execute it. And that blueprint is keeping your linebackers <coughs> mid-deep to clog up that over the middle because Josh Allen, unlike Lamar Jackson, loves the middle of the football field, loves it. And if he's got linebackers, six foot four, six foot three linebackers, two or three of them back there with their heads popping up, where like they're just flooding lanes, it kind of unsettles him a little bit. So that screen game, to your point, drawing those linebackers in, pulling them in, the run game. We saw the return of the play action. Thank God. Where the hell was the play action against the Steelers? I think they barely ran. They were going five wide the whole game. It, like we didn't even talk about that, you and I post game, because you and I were together. We went into that game talking about Josh Allen being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like he's almost impossible to stop. They go five wide the whole whole game, no play action. And the linebackers just basically sat. They're like, we're just going to wait right here. And Allen was like, I don't know what to do. This is my question. Is Have you seen something different? So for those of you that don't know Sterles and haven't necessarily been introduced to Sterles, we never did really talk about where you're from. I apologize. We'll get you to that. You don't have to. <laughs> we'll, get to we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, you watch film, Scouting Academy, all that stuff. I'm a fan. I literally just love football, and I love watching the Bills football, and for me, it's about emotion. From what you've seen, were there potentially, I have to ask this question, and was there blocking differences or blocking changes from the offensive line that maybe we're putting Allen in an uncomfortable position of, I'm not sure who's going to be where versus because he was, it's undeniable. He was a thousand times more comfortable against the Washington football team than he was against the Dolphins or the Steelers. You could see it. He was way, even with the rush coming, the when he was escaping, when he was climbing the pocket, he knew where people were going to be coming from. In that Steeler game, he was, he was, his head was on a swivel and he was unsettled. His feet weren't happy. And then even in the Dolphins game, his technique was off. Like there was, a, and obviously the Washington game looked totally different. I guess so. All that to ask this question. Were they trying to get creative even maybe with the blocking scheme? Hey, we're going to change our blocking scheme a little bit on the pass plays, right, coming into the season so that teams don't catch up to us. Yeah. And they reverted back to something that is a little more 2020 that Josh is like, okay, this feels normal. From a blocking scheme perspective in terms of pass blocking, uh, I don't I don't see any differences. I just think the, the difference is, is that they're winning more of those matchups. Right. Right. Um you know, I think you saw some communication flaws in the Steelers game because of, you know, they were just rushing three and, and dropping eight. Right. Um, and they were getting handled. Right. Right. And so I don't see much differences there, but I think, you know, and then you have to also look at, OK, when you're calling all these new plays and concepts. Week one and week two, Josh Allen, that that takes time to process. Right. It Agreed. takes time. So if your offensive line is is having trouble up front and it's taking you more time to process a play or pre and post snap, then that means you're off rhythm. So right. the fact that they, you know, Josh Allen, I think you saw him build confidence with the line in week two. So week three comes around. I think offensive line knew, okay, we got some dogs up front. Like these guys are coming. And if we don't get it together, we're going to get, J17 killed back here. So I think they kind of got it together. I think Dable simplified everything. That's bad, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. J17 killed is bad. Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get your guy killed back here. So let's just take a deep breath. Let's let's get back to the core fundamentals of what we do from an offensive play calling standpoint. And and you know what? The guy in front of you is is the, you're gonna have to win one v one. And and then if you you don't the thing, the glory and one of the things that makes Josh Allen so great. You don't have to have the best offensive line. You just have to give him a little bit of time, and he's going to make a play. Right, right. But he wasn't afforded that week one, and we saw the results of that. I mean, that boy was running for his life, you yes. know? I mean, and you get, got getting hit a lot. JJ, I mean, TJ Watt coming from his backside, and Josh Allen's trying to scramble left. TJ Watt's coming from his backside and just killing him. I yeah. mean, it, I mean, time after time, I mean, it was just, it was rough. So it was I think great. it was a wake up call for the offensive line. So, I think that's the best defensive front that they're going to see for the rest of the year. I was just going to say that. So in the question, is this sustainable? Clearly not every defensive. There's probably the two best defensive lines in football, Steelers, Washington, right? Yeah. 
I mean, you're, you're going to give They're a nod. Five. You're going to give a, right. You're going to give a nod to the Rams because of Aaron Donald, and right. only because of Aaron Donald. But by and large, the probably the, if not top two, top three, top. I wouldn't even go top five. The, those two defensive lines between the two of them are somewhere in the top three. You can interchange them, right? For sure. So For it, sure. Is, it is potentially going to be sustainable. So we're going to have to transition the Texans game here soon. So, however, I uh, I told you that I wanted to get to this segment. So I'm literally going to throw this at you. And this is something I've never done before. What's going on with blank? And then you're going to give me just gut reactions. Does that work for you? Okay, let's go. What is going on with, we'll start, Matt Milano. He's pissing awesome. <laughs> but why? Why is he playing like his hair is on fire? Uh, you know, he because I think it's it's the communication between him and, and Tremaine. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Tremaine is being more uh, aggressive. He's not thinking, right? And so when you can trust the guy next to you in terms of coverage, in terms of run fits, Starla Tulele taking up a couple guys. It's it's keeping the linebackers clean, so that it, it it these guys could come out and play with fire. So real quick, so the fourth the the fourth down call where yeah. Matt Milano blasts Tyler Heineke. What happened there? Starla Tule blew the middle of that offensive line up, right? And it freed Matt Milano to come around and just destroy Taylor Heineke. Right. I mean, it's those types of things as and to, to, to attribute to why Matt Milano's balling out. Gotcha. What is going on with, let's just say, Zach Moss? Uh, I think we're seeing success from him that we've not seen. We've talked a little bit about it, but I just wanted what's going on with Zach. He's Moss. healthy and he's focused. Last year, uh, you know, he, I mean, he was a, he was a rookie. He was injured a lot and Mm -hmm. adjusted to the NFL and, and and so forth. So I think you're seeing a more focused, healthy Zach Moss, I think. And you're seeing better blocking. I mean, they're getting opportunity. I mean, that's what you're seeing. I don't think, you know, him and Singletary, I don't think anything special about them, but they're getting a fair opportunity to make plays. What is going on with Levi Wallace? Uh, the same Levi Wallace is the same player. He was yesterday. Today. He'll be the same tomorrow. I disagree. He's attacking the football. He's attacking the pass. Levi Wallace has always done that though. I've never seen it. I've always seen him receiver, catch the ball. I tackle, I tackle receiver, Receiver, catch the ball. I tackle receiver. Levi Wallace was doing that last year. I just think the problem is we just see Levi Wallace get targeted a lot. You know, it's hard to have consistently good reps all the time when you're getting targeted because nobody wants to throw a Trey white. Right. right. Um, so I, I, I think he's, I think he's, he's the same guy. I, I don't see, you know, dramatic improvements from Levi Wallace. I mean, he's, he's just the same guy. He's, he's always been a solid number two. He's a solid number two corner. Gotcha. That's almost, it. almost done with this segment. What's going on with Dawson Knox improvement, just growth, growth. Yeah, I mean, what Dawson Knox is being able to do, he's becoming reliable. Josh Allen is trusting him more. You know, from from a a, a blocking standpoint, you see him improve. He, it's like he knows his assignment. And then from a, a pass catching perspective, I mean, the guy, the the eye specials that he saw this offseason or whatever, and tight end university. Right. Uh, you know, he talked about it uh, in the interview this past week. He said he learned how to get you know get off the line and and how to set up routes correctly so i think that that's it's paying dividends for him he's learning how to get open i gotta jump over to chris janky real quick who says levi doesn't necessarily always get interceptions but he does deflect passes when in position i wholly disagree and i'll go all the way back to 2019 we win that browns game if levi wallace he tries to deflect the pass but traditionally he has not been successful so I just said that we win that Browns game. I disagree, Joe. Hold it, dude. I wake up in the middle of the night. That's a lie. I don't. I wake up in the middle of the night (laughs) reliving not only the Bills not running the football more because they threw the ball 41 times. How well do I remember my podcast from that football game where the the Browns come in with one of the worst rushing defenses and we throw the ball 40, I think it's 41 times and coming down the wire, they're driving the field to win the game. All Levi Wallace has to do is knock that ball away. And he whiffed on it. 
Okay, but but that's one instance, right? But we talked about other games where he had a big interception against the Steelers on Sunday Night Football last year. They were, not, you know, like he uh, the he bigger interception goals. was Taron Johnson, but yes, no, 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 no. We're talking about Levi Wallace, right? <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? so Levi is all he's typically always in position. The mm. problem is, is that he doesn't have athleticism to right. where other cornerbacks who have it it mask a lot of their flaws. Levi doesn't have that, so again. When you put somebody like Deontay Johnson against Levi Wallace, it's going to show up because Deontay Johnson's fast. You know what I'm saying? Like, Levi does not do well with fast. Levi, Levi needs to be better at press man coverage because if you put him in press man coverage or or in short pass yard situations, Levi's a good corner. But anything, I think, beyond 10 yards is where Levi struggles. Yeah, and, and people are blowing me up saying that was two years ago. I'm not lying, or I'm not. I'm not not lying. I'm not. I'm not saying it wasn't two years ago. There was a there was a pass last year that he had the opportunity to knock down. I don't recall when it was. I believe it was in a game that we lost, and he didn't. It is what it is. It's just something that I kind of hold on to. Trey like, White. What? Trey White got housed by Claypool. Like well, for sure. I mean, it's so it's 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 just the nature of the beast. I mean, yeah, you're gonna it, you're gonna people are gonna catch passes on you. The, the worst the worst position to play in football is probably defensive back, right? Because yeah. you're the guy that's gonna get toasted at some point and more than once in your career, right? Yeah. yeah. So the Buffalo Bills open up as 17 point favorites. People are now saying they've opened up at 16. It actually was is it's 17, 17 point favorites against we're transitioning for those of you that are listening to the Houston Texans game. Are we expecting a blowout in this football game, or is Vegas baiting us? They better blow them out. They well, better you, blow them out. You better expound upon that Listen, one. Listen, <clears throat> when I watch, I've watched every Houston Texans game this season, uh, and you watch them. Okay, with Tyrod, they're fun, right? Yeah, <laughs> but they're and, average. And, and just, but- just we, we, let's stop on that moment because. I don't know many Buffalo Bills fans that are not Tyrod Taylor fans. As much as I was critical of Tyrod when he had Shady and he had Robert Woods and he had, uh, who's the short, fast guy, 88 uh, Olympian, brain's not working. Who, what, who? The short, fast wide receiver, number 88, that went to San Francisco. Oh, oh, Marquis Goodwin. Marquis Goodwin. He had, obviously, Sammy Watkins. He had weapons and still was not where he needed to be. Everybody this bills mafia loves tyrod taylor so don't let anybody i just don't want anybody to jump in and be like oh, the bills hate my tyrod dealer everybody loves tyrod taylor so anyways to your point tyrod taylor yeah and so when i watch the the houston texans man i laugh like i laugh like usually i watch film and i'm like okay the bills can exploit this team by doing x y and z right ABC. right and i look at the texans and i go they're going to do whatever the hell they want because the Texans, <laughs> they ain't got it. They're terrible. They're they are horrible. terrible. They are bland on defense. You got Lovey Smith. He's running, you know, they 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 don't have any exotic blitzes. They, they try right. to predicate, you know, on getting home with four. They they have their starters are, are average <laughs> to below average Wait, replacement players. Getting home, getting home with four works really well or better if you've got J.J. Watt. Uh, right or or Jesus <laughs> or Jesus. <laughs> I mean, throw Samson's ass out there, right? <laughs> I mean, God dang, it's that rough, bro. It's like they suck. Yeah, like you exactly. take away Brandon Cooks, and you're starting a rookie quarterback, Davis Mills. Davis Mills sounds like some guy who makes cereal for a living. <laughs> I actually, right, I pronounce his name wrong. I call him Davis Stills on Monday. That's how much. Yeah, we know I mean, my guy is either a lawyer or he bakes cereal at home. I don't know, but like, okay, okay. So let's let's talk reality though. This is a week to week league, and this is a situation where you know these guys are paid professionals. As much as I hate that, that like when you lose a football game, it's like let's not forget for a moment that those guys across the line are paid to play this game too. Yada yada. The Buffalo Bills in 2018 went into minnesota 17 point underdogs and josh allen lit him up and people back then were like josh allen sucks that dude's awful at football i appreciate what you just tried to do there you're welcome i, I appreciate it but you're you're wrong you're 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 just wrong joe and i don't appreciate you trying to set me up like that and you're setting up our lovely fans for for disappointment okay listen this is the hump day hotline. And so all of y'all out there, li- listen, look at my face. 
If you guys want to get hype about this game, join me. We're all going to get hype. We're going to be excited. And I want the Bills to score 50 damn points. And I'm not even a homer. But when I watch the Houston Texans, they S-U-C-K. And if you don't know what that spells, that spells suck. Suck. Capital S-U-C-K. They suck. And you are right to think that they suck. And I don't care about... Oh, well, it's the NFL living any given Sunday. F that. Look, dude. Oh, my God. Who, who, some, look, who in the hell, I want, do me a favor without y'all looking. Tell me who the Houston Texans starting cornerbacks are. I'll wait. I'll wait. Chris Yankee probably, Chris Yankee probably knows. You know that, but I have no idea. Man, they got Vernon Hargraves and Terrence Mitchell. You knew who it was. Cause I have to watch. I had to watch it, but they suck. <laughs> Whitney Merciless is is uh, he's decent to good, right? Zach Cunningham. We know what he did against the Bills in the playoff game. Chris Yankee, Vernon Hargraves is one of them. Because Chris Yankee watched watched my show last night. That's why he knows. <laughs> I ain't giving him no damn points for that. Okay, listen. They they freaking suck, dude. They freaking suck. Laramie Tunsil is 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 a average to good left tackle. Tell me, tell me who their other starting caliber offensive linemen are. Titus Howard, you know, Justin Britt, Max Sharping, Marcus Cannon. Like, give me a break. This you're gonna good. put you're gonna put Marcus Cannon, you're gonna trot that man out there who's who's typically always injured against Greg Rousseau. Uh, Greg Rousseau could have two or three sacks this, this Sunday, and I'm not. I'm not, not even blowing smoke. This is like they're just not good. Yeah, they're, they're just not, not a good team. They're not a good football team. So with that, uh, and I loved it. That was great. That was great television. That was great radio. Like Sterles, you crushed that. That was. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> and I did try to bait you a little bit, but uh, you, you handled you handled that well. What, if anything, is there to worry about in regards to the Texans? For me, the only thing that I'm concerned about is a, a, a measure of looking past, right? And I know that it's like, well, how could they look past? We all need to keep in mind that the Chiefs are the next football game. Oh, by the way, in Kansas City. Oh, by the way, in primetime. And one thing that a lot of people don't know about NFL teams, the coaching staff, when the game ends on Sunday, doesn't prepare or start preparing for the team that they're playing the next coming week. They begin preparing for the team that's coming in two weeks. The game plan for the Texans was already written. Right. So the coaching staff is already prepared for the Chiefs, or I'm sure I'm sorry, they're, they're preparing right now for the Chiefs game while they're obviously preparing the team itself for the game plan that they made last week for the game against the Texans. The only thing I'm concerned about in this football game, and as much as some people believe in trap games, some people don't believe in trap games. I'm a little concerned that the players are peering over the fence, right? I mean, that is a normal human reaction. And if Rex Ryan was the coach, I'd say, you know what? Subscribe to that because you're probably going to get waxed in Kansas City. However, Sean McDermott ha typically has this team ready to play. For sure. And it's one of those things where, you know, if you know, you know. And when you look at Stefan Diggs at the end of the Kansas City Chiefs game, and he just stands there. And, and it's it you man, I teared up watching him just stand there yeah, as he yeah. as he watches Kansas City celebrate because they're yep. going to the Super Bowl. Yep, yep. You mean it you mean to tell me? Look, they're on they're 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 gonna be fired up. Oh, they're yeah. gonna be fired up, and, and they're gonna take it out on the Houston Texans this week first, and then they're gonna come. To Arrowhead, and they're gonna be ready to play. Whatever happens, happens. But they're gonna they're gonna give one hundred and ten percent that day. But this is the kind of stuff where coaching matters. Coaching matters in terms of okay, we got to get our guys ready. We haven't arrived, right? And, and that's stuff that Coach McDermott says. We have not arrived. We have not arrived. And as of right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are still are still kings of the AFC, regardless of their one yep. and two record. Yep, yep. The Bills have not beaten them yet. Why do you think Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens were so relieved when they beat the Chiefs a few weeks ago? Oh, yeah. Because they, had, they haven't been able to do it. Somebody did. Right. Finally, finally somebody did. Yep. Yeah, and so the Chiefs have their own mental blocks that they have to deal with. So now, you know, the pressure's not on Buffalo. The yeah. pressure's on the Kansas City Chiefs because sure. they are one and two. 
And then you're facing a team that's hungry and they're ready to knock you off because you sent them home in the AFC championship game. So the Bills are going to come ready to go. So I'm not worried about the Houston Texans. Like, ew. Love it. Before we get to the point of trying to wrap this thing up with just a couple minutes left, left about six, I, I need to get to Richard Rush's comment, which is, I just told my wife, hey, it's hump day. And she said, good luck with that. And kiss me goodnight. Oh. <laughs> hey, ask him, uh, did she make him a sandwich at least? <laughs> My guy going to bed hungry. I think at that point you're calling it a sandwich, aren't you? <laughs> a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. My, Richard ain't getting no play. He ain't getting no play tonight. That is absolutely tremendous. Richard Rush, I love you, bro. He's you, awesome, man. You are the man. So in your opinion, there's not necessarily anything that we got to be worried about from this football game. From a matchup standpoint, it just do they play? Uh, this is my question, and I don't know. You've been watching. Do they play zone? Do they play man? They play a mix. You're going to see various. Uh, you know, they don't. They don't have. They don't send exotic blisses, but they do show you different fronts. But they they typically play zone a zone defense. Um, they have speed, right? They got some speed at linebacker. Yep. They got yep. you know yep. they got some good athletes on the defensive line, but they're just not a good team. Uh, you know, I, I if if I'm the Bills, I use the screen game. Like I want I, this. This is a time where you do some things where you need to work on to improve on. You right. know, you don't need to. I think you need to get on them early and often. You know, put up enough points, but then I think you need to start working on some things. You know, putting some things out there on tape that that has the other teams looking. Looks like okay, we got to prepare for this. We got to prepare for that. I want to see a trick play on Sunday. Just nice. just, just to do it. Just nice. to do it. Just so. Kansas City and Tennessee have to go. Damn. Uh-oh. Oh, we got we got a okay. All right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, get out to a 28 to 3 lead, right? Mm-hmm. And then start throwing screen passes and and you know, let Dable get cute. Try some stuff, you know, and and just see because the I, look, the Bills were handling Washington last week. Right. Handling sure. them. Yeah. Without a problem. Without a problem. And so this and we have to and I'll, and I'll shut up after this, Joe, but we have to stop thinking like this is the, the old Bills. This is a, a really good Bills team. They are really good. Of- and, and you have yeah. to when you're a really good team, you, you know, and I hate to use this analogy, but, you know, like when when New England was in their dynasty years and we would see them now, they would throw up some stinkers from time to time, but you see them just dominate teams that they're supposed to beat. Yep. yep. You're going to see the bill start to dominate teams that they're supposed to beat. Yep. And, yep. and, and so this whole, you know, well, it's any given Sunday. It's like, we come, we come to the table like, Oh man, just any crumbs. you like, we're just, cause we're not used to being good. Like just mm. give me whatever's left on the table. Screw that man. Come look, you guys are smart people. Bill's mafia is one of some of the smartest fan bases in the NFL, you we all see this stuff. Like, be excited about your team. We have yeah. a really good team. Stop, stop thinking that oh the, the, the sky's falling, man. Josh Allen is legit. This defense is really good. This is like, really good. Yeah, like enjoy it because we're not we might not have this for a long time. Enjoy it now while you can. We are going to jump to while everybody is tuned into the hump day hotline, the prediction portion of the show. However, while everybody in the comment section is letting me know what their game prediction is for this football game. Actually, let's start now. We'll do game predictions first and then we'll do Josh Allen's stat line. So game prediction, final score. Sterling, tell us, tell everybody, tell us where, who you are, where we can find you. Cause we should have done it at the top of the show, but I'm a horrible host because we're friends and I just assumed everybody knew, but just in case they don't, where can they find your content? Yeah, so I'm a part of the Cover One Network. Uh, happily, um, you know, throwing out content. Uh, you know, all of our guys at Cover One, they're you know, a lot of those guys, they're film junkies. You know, you got Eric Turner does his film room. If you guys haven't checked it out, you might you definitely go check it out. You'll you'll definitely learn something. Uh, our show airs on Tuesday night uh, with the Hoof Live, the Hoof Podcast. So that's where you can find me and our work. Uh, on Twitter, you know, at Thoreau Sterling, and my little handle is Jeffrey P. Danger. Because what I is told, with that? I'll tell you. If I was a middle-aged white man, which I, I am, want, which I right, am, <laughs> I would want my name to be Jeffrey P. Danger. It's like okay. I'm safe, uh, but I'm mysterious, and I'm dangerous. Nice. So Jeffrey P. Danger. So Jeffrey Danger is a guy that is a fan of the show. Okay. 
And I was looking, I was like, yo, dude, his last name's Danger? I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm taking that because if I was a middle-aged white man, that's what I want to be. But I'm going to add a P to that because it just sounds good. So that's where I get Jeffrey P. Danger from. And I just kind of ran with it. But that's where you can find me and my work at the Cover One Network. Awesome. What do you got for a final score prediction before I get into some of the commenters? 38-13, Bills. 38-13. Chris Janke says 32-17. Um, I don't see the Texans scoring 17 points. They have one weapon. His name, you've already mentioned, Brandon Cooks, is at this point in his career a journeyman, right? Yeah. He's still a good receiver. He's a good receiver. I'm not saying he's bad, but he's a journeyman wide receiver, and he's a little bit undersized. Justin Paradis says 41 nothing. Would love to see that. Renaissance man, my guy, says 53-10, 50 burger. JA-17 with 418 yards. Three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Richard Rush, 38 to three Buffalo Bills. Josh has 278 and three touchdowns and pulled at halftime. Oh, God, no. I want to see Josh Allen. I want to see him in the fourth quarter and then like a couple series in the fourth and be done. That's like, amazing. Run it, run it up. I thought Josh Allen was getting pulled in this last game around the third quarter. And then they had that five minute thing where they scored two touchdowns. And I was like, oh. Aaron Mann says 38 to 13. Uh, Payton says 27, 17. Timothy uh, Ashenfelter says 45 to 10. Buffalo Bills. Don Keith, your girl, says 37 to 9. My girl. My guy, Matthew Montgomery, says 38 to 3. Who else we got? Lone Wolf says 42 to 9. I love all these. This is such a random amount of like scores and stuff like that. Men in the Kitchen, 35 to 10. Uh, Chris Janke says we gave up. 21 points to Washington football. The Washington football team has Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas. They've got legit what Washington is not going to be a bad football team for very long. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Like they're, they're like, they're there. They just need a couple, you know, they need a quarterback, uh, like a real quarterback. I mean, Heineke is a placeholder, I think, which is the reason that all of us, when we saw them on the schedule, we were like, you could lose that game but (laughs) they don't have curtis samuel curtis samuel was going to be a big part of that offense right Um, i I think once they get him back and they start getting healthy again with fits in there i think they're going to be they're going to be good right right right. t dobbs is 45 14 we're almost done and then uh getting he's getting ahead of us but it works josh allen stat line so all of you that are in the comments section let me know what you think your josh allen stat line is ja 17 293 touchdowns what do you got for uh for Josh Allen's stat line in this football I'm going to say 33 of 41 for 367 and four touchdowns. 367, four touchdowns. So, so the question I would ask you is, do you believe that they're going to come at them? This is who we are. Suck on it. Or are they going to do a little bit of what I think we have seen so far this year, specifically in this Washington game of, you know what? You're a real defense. We're a real offense that needs to work on a run game, and we're gonna run. We're gonna we're gonna work in the second half on some run stuff. I think they're gonna come out guns blazing. I think they're gonna establish dominance first, right? Every <laughs> <laughs> man, remind what was the stupid movie with the Rock? Uh, uh, the Rundown when uh, with uh, when the monkey was humping his face, and the the the, the co-star was like, establish dominance, establish exactly, dominance. exactly, exactly. <laughs> It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> no foreplay. We just get into it. I mean, that's what we're doing. The Bills right, are going right, to right. come out and they're just going to attack. Right. right. And then you're going to see some of the we're going to work on the run game. We're going to work on the screen game. But they're right. going to come out guns blazing because they, right. they need to build that momentum. You know, this offense definitely still needs momentum. So, right. uh, yeah, they're going to start out fast. Love it. Chris Janke uh, says uh, 350, 350 yards for Josh, four touchdowns, one running. Lone Wolf says 385, four touchdowns. Uh, t- By the way, thanks to everybody in the comments section that's jumping in and being part of the show. Appreciate you guys. Timothy a- uh, Eschenfelter says 358, four touchdowns. Good Lord, man. It's crazy how many people are just like, this is the quarterback we had. Remember when like can't throw for 300 yards was the thing? 320, three passing touchdowns and uh, one rushing touchdown. Where am I at on Josh Allen? I don't even know what to think in this football game. Like, I don't know where the Bills are going to be. Yeah. Wait, like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, I don't know what to I, – I think that this is a mixed bag game. I don't mean lose. I just think this is a mixed bag game for this football team. There's a, 
this team is not the Washington football team. This is this team is not the Dolphins. As much as the Dolphins have a horrendous offensive line, Jacoby Brissett is a serviceable quarterback, and they've got a great defense, right? <sighs> Joe, why you do that? You know I love you. Why you? Do no, no, that? no, no. I'm not saying. I'm saying I don't know what the Bills are going to game plan for. They I ain't just got don't... nothing to game plan for. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Montgomery with the, with the comment of the day: the game will be rated TVMA. It will be intended for mature or intended for mature audiences only. Hey, you ever? I know you're married, Joe, and twenty you know, years. I, I, 20 I am years. happy about your mar your marriage, but you know me being on the dating scene, right? It's like you ever date a chicken. You know, they're just like, I don't even know right now. Like, I don't oh, yeah. even know. Like, babe, why are you why are you frustrated? I don't even know. Yes. Like, that's what you sound like right now. Like, I don't even I don't even know. I don't mean it that way. I just I think there's a good opportunity for the Bills to come out and try to get a hundred yard a hundred yard rusher in this football game. <laughs> ah, no, I'm just messing with you, dog. You know you, my homie. <laughs> no, for sure. I'm not offended. You can't offend me. You know that. I'm gonna marry. I'm gonna marry Don Keith. We're her and I are gonna get married. Does Don know this? Yeah, she knows this. <laughs> <laughs> she's. I don't know if she's laughing at you or I don't think I don't think that comment has hit her yet. We'll see what she says. <laughs> Kristen Kimmick, Kristen Kimmick finds it funny. Yeah, so, yeah. I, but, I don't uh, even know right now. I don't, I don't even know. It's like days of our lives where they just go, I don't even know, Todd. And they just look to the side. You ever see that mess? Yeah, 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 for sure. It's for just sure. crazy. It's well, crazy. we got we to wrap this thing up. It's been an hour and five minutes, and I got to bounce this thing out as a podcast yet this evening. So, uh, Sterles, this has been a blast. Always, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, your fans are fantastic. Joe, you are the voice. So sexy. Uh, I'm just happy to be here, man. <laughs> Sterles, you know I love you. Oh, baby. Say it again. <laughs> Say it again, boy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Multicast Network, brought to you by the Market Dominator. My name is Joe Miller. I'm the host of the Hump Day Hotline. My ever uh, co-host, Jay Spencer King, is now with us. However, we had the ple- uh, the privilege, rather, the pleasure, should I say, of having uh, Sterling Furrow sit in Sterles for the Girls, who we love here on the Hump Day Hotline. I'm excited for football, dude. I'm excited. Uh, I- I'm-, I'm having a hard time containing myself. And part of it is because I said this on Sunday. You said you listened to my show. Where are you at? Last question. Are the bills this good or is the schedule that easy? both because this both. schedule is like it's easy it's really easy they're that good though they are mm-hmm. that good and you can only control who who they put put on the schedule but the bills are that good the bills are that good we will leave it right there ladies and gentlemen the buffalo bills are that good i'm joe miller that's sterling furrow go bills go bills mm-hmm.